Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Psalms chapter 16 is where I want to go for just a few moments. Do be praying for our forward conference. It's going to be amazing. 15,000, 14,000, whatever that room holds. And it's, we're, we're about 400 seats, and I didn't get to see what the, may be full, but we're about 400 seats away from being completely sold out. So pray now that, that, that what really matters is Jesus will show up, and I know he will. I want to show you a quick scripture, and I'm not going to preach long, but I want to leave you with a thought tonight. Psalm 16 and verse 11. Psalm 16 and verse 11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That word pleasures is very important. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. January the 12th, 2007, 7.51 in the morning. An average-looking, unassuming street musician walked into uh, the metro station in Washington, D.C. He sat down with his musical instrument, opened the case. It was a violin. He pulled it out, and as the people were hurrying and rushing to the trains, he began to play his violin. While he played for 43 minutes, 1,047 people passed him by. They did not know that it was being filmed that he had been asked to do it, and uh, he was secretly being filmed. And as the people go by, he begins to play this violin. And only seven out of 1,047 stopped. Out of, out of 1,047 people, only seven stopped long enough to take a moment in the busy rustling and hurrying to get to wherever they're going to listen to this man play. And they threw a combined group uh, amount of money of I think it was something like $23 into the open instrument case. The man who was playing the violin, what they were not aware of is that he was not an ordinary street musician. His name was Joshua Bell. He's a world-renowned, world-class first violinist. He was sponsored by the Washington Post. He is a Grammy Award-winning artist. He has played. Uh, he started playing when he was... His mother knew that he was a prodigy when he was four years old when she walked in the bedroom and he had heard a violin and came home and took uh, rubber bands and stretched them from knob to knob and had taken a clothes hanger uh, part in the middle and was rubbing it and actually was playing out a tune that she could recognize the way he had tuned them. And what the people didn't know who hurried by was Joshua Bell was a master violinist who was playing with the Philadelphia Orchestra by the age of 14. By the age of 18, he had made his debut at Carnegie Hall in New York City. He had reached and and played, and only a few stopped and even noticed how masterfully he was playing. And he typically would play for 
$1,000 a minute. Most of the concerts that he plays in would be about 55 minutes and he would be paid $1,000 a minute to play. And, and he collected $32 exactly and 43 cents in that pretty much full hour that, that he was there. When he pulled the violin out of the case, nobody knew that he was playing on a 1700, uh, 1713 Stradivarius violin, which is, was refurbished. It was 300 years old in its original condition, and he happily paid $4 million for that instrument. So he's, he, he's playing classical music flawlessly, masterfully. He had just had a concert two days before at the Boston Symphony Hall and he filled it to overflow as he played the solo on all of the songs and it was $450 a seat for the cheapest seats and many of the other seats, three to $5,000. A world-class musician played classics flawlessly on a $4 million violin and 1,070 people in the Washington Metro walked right by on that Friday morning and did not notice at all to speak of and they had missed the master. He was the master violinist and they missed it and were not even aware. When I read that story, I couldn't help but think how busy we are, how rushed we are, how stressed we are, how self-absorbed we are, how into our own life and our own world that we are, that sometimes if we're not careful, we too will miss the Master. In His presence, there is fullness of joy. And at His right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Nothing else matters but having Him in our life. It's in His presence that we find joy. It's in His presence that we, at His right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. The stress, the strain, the busyness of modern day life. Doctors have a medical term, and if there are any doctors here tonight, they can verify what I'm saying. You can look this up on your own. This is very interesting. Listen to this. Doctors call this medical term Anadonia. Anadonia is a, is a, a um, mental illness where there is an increasing number of people who have lost the ability to find pleasure in what they used to like. They've lost the ability to be happy. A relentless pursuit of pleasure and happiness has numbed their senses. And now they have a medical term that is new to this generation, basically, called anhedonia, and it is the dulling of the senses and the mind. It is a Greek word that comes from two words, an, which means without in the Greek, and hedonia, which means pleasure, without pleasure. Somebody without pleasure and happiness, joyless, cheerless, living an existence that the thrill is gone. They said there are three categories of anhedonia. This is interesting to me. Social anhedonia. They do not enjoy and get pleasure out of interacting with other people. There is something called sexual anhedonia. And because they have so overexposed themselves 
to things like pornography or whatever, that they lose the ability to enjoy it anymore. The pleasure cannot be found anymore like it, like it normally would for a person. And there's something called musical anhedonia. Now, typically, they would only find this disease in people who had signs of schizophrenia or drug addiction, for example, someone who is deep into a drug addiction. Drug, drug addiction. But in most recent times, doctors in medical journals say it's happening to completely healthy people and it's unique only to this generation. Normal people who do not have healthy, uh, normal people who have healthy, uh, should have healthy mentalities are losing the ability to receive from things that are normal pleasure. The enormously high level of stimulation, this one doctor said this, the enormously high level of stimulation that's necessary now to experience pleasure is unlike previous generations. So much effort has to be put in just to get a smile out of someone. Just to get a feel good. And just to entertain people. People, it takes more. It takes something big. We, everything has to be extreme now. We have extreme sports. It's not enough to have sports. We need extreme sports, extreme diets, extreme stunts, extreme makeovers, extreme weather. Notice that's how they get you to watch. You won't watch if it's just weather. It's extreme weather. Extreme couponing. It's got to be out loud, outlandish. It's got to wow me. It's not extreme. It's not good enough for our attention in this generation. One doctor described the existence of anhedonia as, quote, a life where even significant accomplishments leave you feeling empty. And no longer is it abnormal people who have this sensation of not finding pleasure, of not obtaining pleasure in their lives. But it's normal people more and more who do not get a thrill. Something as simple as going to Disney World. You know how you, you get excited. They don't have it. Here's what the doctor said. The thing that releases the sense of pleasure in your mind is something called dopamine. It tells you that you're happy. When dopamine is released into your brain, you feel up. You feel excited. You feel joyful. You feel pleasure. But because when the process stops and, and people are constantly, constantly busy, 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 continually raising the bar, continually raising the ante, continually having to see more, do more, experience more, something happens to our soul. And if you look at something more and more and experience something more and more and more, you begin to dull in your soul. The pleasure we used to get, we don't get anymore. Anhedonia is the condition of not having anything in your life that moves your heart anymore. That stirs your passion. That excites you or even entertains you. And that still makes your heart flutter. What used to move you, what used to stir you, is not extreme enough anymore. Doctors and scientists studying anhedonia believe that the 
corporate rise of cases is because, listen to this, I quote, we are a society who is overstimulated. We've got so much going on as a consequence, it takes more and more and more to put a smile on our face. With all of the technological advances and improvements and inventions of modern times, one doctor said, our brains are not stimulated. Or I should say our brains are stimulated almost 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You cannot sit there long if you've got your iPhone, your smartphone without looking at Twitter, looking at this one. Go there. Let me see Snapchat. Boom, 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 boom. And you're stimulating your brain all the time. And this doctor went on to say, we have devices at our fingertips. We use them. Our brains are, st are stimulated as a society, as a culture. iPhones, iPads, chat rooms, thousands of apps. Games, text, Twitter, Wi-Fi, radio, satellite TV, TV, hundreds of channels. Now we have we can we can watch six ball games at the same time with six different screens, and we're <laughs> I'm not against technology. I, I'm not against cell phones. I'm not against computers, websites, all that. Here's the point. We're so overstimulated that it takes something astounding and extreme to get our attention. Technology, one doctor said, is revolutionizing our lives and ravishing our brains. The author of Jurassic Park said when communicating to some people, in other generations, in the previous generation... People wanted to be educated, enlightened, empowered, and improved. But he said, this generation wants to be entertained. And the great fear of this generation is not disease or death, but boredom. I'm going somewhere, I promise. We have, if we have a sense of time on our hands and nothing to do, Oh my God, oh my God. I, we can't even sit at the table without grabbing that phone. And yet it's God who says, be still. And know that I am God. I want to talk to the young people and tell you that there was a time when there was something called a beeper. I know this is strange language to you. <laughs> but there actually was a time when the phone, we had no cell phones. Oh my God. Oh, my God. There were no cell phones. The only thing that we had was something called a beeper. I want to tell you about a beeper. I, you, you, you hooked it onto your belt, and it would go off, burp, burp, and you'd feel something like a little, little shock treatment a little bit. And, and you didn't know, it didn't have, you couldn't tell who was calling you. You didn't have a clue who it was. It didn't have an identification. You had to go to, this is, this is strange. This is like a, uh, on Mars. You then had to find a pay phone, a phone booth. I'm helping you now. Listen to me. In my lifetime, I mean, this wasn't like, I'm not that old. I'm talking about a phone booth and you had to take two quarters and put it in and call that number and then punch the star and it would send a number and, and they, you had to call each other like that. That was just a few years ago. You played games on it. We finally got cell phones and we played games on them. And 
I remember that first game was like the frog that jumped. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And the cars would hit it and splat. And, and I'm not preaching against technology and cell phones at all. But what I am trying to get you to understand is even our capacity to experience God can be compromised if we're so busy. If every moment of our time, even in church, we can't even get through a service without sending multiple. We can't even hear a sermon. Wonder if we're missing the master. Wonder if he's showing up in all of his glory and all of his might and all of his power. Things that normally make your spirit soar. Things that normally would make you happy. They just don't touch you anymore like they used to. We live in a world that, that if, of stimulation that if we're not careful, things that used to move you won't move you anymore. So overstimulated, so wrapped up in ourselves, so busy, so stressed that we mindlessly come to the house of God. And the Spirit of God, the Word of God, the anointing of God has lost its effect upon us. What used to move us, what used to touch us, what used to stir the deepest dreams and passions in our life, now we've just gotten used to it. Preaching's got to wow you. Singing's got to wow you. It's got to be so outlandish, so cool, so hip. Wonder what we would do if we just brought a piano out and just sung one Sunday or just a guitar and sat on a stool without microphones and lights. I'm all for it. I love it. It's great. It's beautiful. But it shouldn't take all of that. It ought to just be, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things we've made it. Because it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Isaiah calls him wonderful. Counselor, mighty God, Prince of Peace, everlasting Father. His name shall be called Wonderful. There's something about that name. And when you hear Jesus, it shouldn't have to have props. It shouldn't have to have any, anything but the cross and Jesus and what he's done for us. It ought to thrill our souls because that is why we're here. Everybody take a praise break and just love him without any big reason why, except because he's good. Shout, he's wonderful. I said, shout, he's wonderful. I don't want to just go through the motions. I want my heart to be moved by who he is. The question is, am I still awed in his presence? Do I still get goosebumps? We used to call them Holy Ghost goosebumps. Do I still get moved? And the presence of God comes and reminds me of how lost I was, how flawed I am, but his grace has covered me. His blood has washed me. His spirit has empowered me. His hand has raised me. His favor has blessed me. 
And have I, have I, have I become so busy that I'm missing the master every day of my life? Anything in your life, is there anything in your life that can still move your heart? Do I still, do I still have those times when my spirit soars, when when I sing the songs and it's more than a song, but I get lost in the fact that I, I'm in love with Him. We're living in an overindulged world. Entertain me. Nothing seems to move people anymore. And it's what the book of Revelation, the writer John said, that you have to come back and make sure that you have not reached the point where you don't feel the love, the first love that you had for Jesus. Listen to this. Resist the numbness of our times. That's what I came to tell you. Resist it. Resist the numbness of our times, spiritually speaking. That so many Christians just go to church and do church on the weekend. And that's pretty much it. And they are missing the master. He did not come and die on a cross so he could have a portion of our week on Sunday. And then we ignore him the rest of the week. And, and I'm not preaching down to you. I'm preaching to me that, that, that everything we're looking for is in his presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. Maybe I'm missing the master in everything if I get the house. If I get the house in the right neighborhood. I hate to tell you this. As nice and as happy as I am for you. It'll have a thrill for a while. And then it's just a house. Get that car. I want you to get it. But when you get it, it's just rims. Get that husband. Get that wife. And you think, now I'm complete. Not without Him. In His presence is fullness of joy. Listen to the Word. And at His right hand, pleasure. Satan says, look at the porn. And take the pleasure. And you have to keep up in the ante, up in the ante, up in the ante. And something in you dies. A part of your soul dies. A part of your spirit dies. A part of your ability to connect intimately with someone dies. It's anhedonia. Without pleasure. It's an act. That's all it is. When God says, if you'll do it my way, in my presence... There's fullness of joy and pleasure. That's not a demonic word. That's not a, a worldly word. That's not an impure, unclean word. That is a Bible word. And he says, you only get real pleasure out of life. Oh, Orange County needs to hear this message. I wish I could go to some of these people, and I do, I do, I, 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 we have. And, and, and one of my daughters has, has ministered to someone that, that, that is very, very powerful and famous. And, and if you just knew that, that, that what they're searching for, all oh, they're all looking for, you meet people and people are just people. And they're empty, but it's in His presence that there are pleasures. Hallelujah, I feel like shouting. Shouting. 
pleasures forevermore. And some of you can't even praise God because you hadn't got this and you hadn't got that. But if you have Jesus, that sheer joy ought to overwhelm you and your cup ought to run over. Everybody thank him for what you have. And if you've got Jesus, you've got everything. If you don't have him, you don't have anything. I'm almost done. Oh. Now, here's what got me. This is what got me. Listen to this. The doctors are calling anhedonia. This is the new term, the new medical term. And there may be a psychiatrist here today studying all of us probably. <laughs> but the doctors are calling an anhedonia. Literally, there are people, listen to this, being thrilled to death. Being thrilled to death. Increasing doses. Got to have, let's, let's go do this. I don't feel that. I don't feel my, uh, my, 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 my aunt, what, uh, I don't feel that chemical going off in my brain. I, I can't get that feeling. I went to Disney World and I don't feel it anymore. I used to get it when I go to Disney World. I don't feel it anymore. I just, let's go here. Let's go to this club. Let's go over here. Let's go do this. Let's go to this party. Let's go to that party. Let's go to this party. And at some point, the party's gone. You can't back it up, but so many times and, and twerk it or whatever you, whatever you get your kicks out of. And at some point, it's just what it is. Now listen, David said, I don't want to be thrilled to death with increased doses of more and more fake things that do not satisfy so he cries out, show me the path to life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are hedonia, pleasures forevermore. When Elijah was depressed and discouraged... He had seen so many amazing, spectacular things. And God tried to get him out of the cave. And the Bible said a whirlwind came, a tornado. You know, if, you, if we were just sitting here, I don't know if you've ever seen tornadoes. You don't get them out here. We, I've seen tornadoes. It's terrifying. It's absolutely, I've had our door come open and bust through. It's crazy. It's like the movie tornado. You just, it's crazy. And if you see one coming, which I have uh, once in my life, it is a terrifying thing. But I mean, it's a big deal. You talk about a, you know, the uh, play, you know, wow, extreme. It's that the whirlwind, and God wasn't in the whirlwind, and He sent fire, and God wasn't in the fire. And sent all, but then there came. Listen to it: the still small voice. That brings pleasure, that brings joy, that brings peace, that brings forgiveness, that brings fulfillment, that brings purpose. And that still small voice brought him out of the cave of depression. When his life was caving in, it brought him out. He had no pleasure, the world, the, the fire, the lights, the wind, all those things that, that 
people at some point in your life, you're wild by, but they had lost their thrill. But what brought him out was a still, small voice of God. Because that's where pleasure comes from, in his presence. And I had rather have Jesus take this whole world. But give me, Jesus, I'm not going to be thrilled to death. And in Orange County, you really need to hear this message because the lie says, if you get this and you get that and you get this and you get that and you get that, you can be thrilled to death. I didn't know that while we were getting all of that and ignoring the master, while we were, got to get this, got to get the promotion, got to get the business, got to do, that I didn't know that while I was missing the master, something is really, really missing in my life. And I got bank accounts and I got money and I got everything people said would make me happy. And it doesn't do it. It only comes from the path of life that leads to Jesus' feet. Lift your hands high and love Him because we're in His presence. Just lift your hands high. If you've been searching for pleasure, you'll only find it at His right hand. If you've been searching for joy, true joy, real joy, that will last, you'll only find it in His presence. So take a moment, everybody in this room. I know we folks never seen people raise their hand except to vote people out in church or something. But we raise our hands just because the Bible said it's okay to do it. And so let's just lift our hands high and just open our mouths for about 30 seconds. And let's just say, God, I love you for a few moments in your own way. Get you, get you something in your heart and say, Lord, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. Because it's all about you. It's all about you. It's not about nothing wrong. There ought to be a, we ought to have the biggest and best celebration going in town. There ought, to, ought not to be anything greater than, than our excellence in worship and praise and music. And we've got some of the best on this stage. But it didn't take any of that for me. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.